podcast, K-Church. K-Church is brought to you from Carter Church of the Nazarene in Nampa, Idaho. I'm Pastor Wink, and this week's message is the beginning of a series based on the book of Psalms found in the Old Testament. Dr. Les Moore, the interim pastor for Carter Church, begins this series from the 23rd chapter of Psalms. What a beautiful passage, often read and often quoted. The Shepherd Psalm. As a kid growing up, I remember memorizing this passage as one of the very first passages that I memorized from the Bible. Maybe that's the same for you as well. My wife, Pastor Sarah, and myself just wanted to take a moment to welcome you to our online Carter Church community. Most often, you'll hear us refer to our online community as K-Church. The two of us want you to know that you are loved and that you are cared for, and that we as pastors are available to offer you pastoral care that is an extension of Carter Church. Pastor Sarah and I are here for you. Following this teaching from Pastor Moore, we will provide you with a little more information about K-Church and how you can connect with us and with this community online. So let's get started with Dr. Moore's series on the book of Psalms. I love being a pastor. I, I, that's my calling. That's what I've done all my life since, I mean, the first, my first year out of high school, I was past, I was in a church as a pastor. Um, they didn't pay me anything, but I was a pastor. And I brought dozens and dozens of people into that church, children. I used to throw them in the back of my pickup truck. I'd go around on Sundays and knock on doors and say, hey, my name's Les. I have, I'm in a church down here. How, could we borrow your kids on Sunday? And people would give them to us. <laughs> A literally different age. We'd throw them in the back of my truck and bring them to church. 15, 20 of them at a time. I kid you not. Um, so so I, I pastored all my life and I love pastoring. It's been a couple years uh, since I've actually pastored. I've preached a little bit. You know, there's a difference between preaching and pastoring. And this is a, you're a blessing to me after a couple years of uh, R&R, I, you know, God's uh, given me this privilege, and I'm humbled uh, to be able to journey with you in this transition time. I am, just by the way, if you're new here, I am a, a transitional pastor. Uh, I'm what you call an interim pastor, and we're praying as God leads us into a great day, and as Pastor Mark said, I'm, we're excited about what God has for the future of this church. Um, I just, it means a lot to me to be with you, and getting to know you, um, it takes a little time, but uh, you're being patient. I'm trying to learn some names and some faces and some history, and it's, it's all wonderful. Um, you know, a few years ago, I had a little boy. I'm going to guess he was uh, seven or eight years of age. Uh, he came up to me and he said, Pastor uh, Les, um, how are you doing today? I said, I'm, great. I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. He said, I just want you to know. Now, this is right before second service. I just want you to know you're my third best pastor. <laughs> Now, at least I made the list, huh? <laughs> it gets better. It gets better. Oh. And then he begins to name them. Yeah, my, my, my favorite pastor was... My second favorite... But Pastor Les, you're my third favorite. And, and I'm looking at this boy. He's seven, maybe eight. I go, well... You know what's coming, don't you? How many pastors have you had? Three. 
<laughs> oh, shoot. I've had three pets. Well, I made the list. <laughs> At least I was on his list. I'm just saying I love pastoring and um, being with you, working with your staff and your leaders. Uh, they're a blessing to me, as you have been. And uh, wow, God is good. So I've been praying, Lord, what, what is it? Where do you want us to go? Because you see, I'm not, I don't think you want some stale leftover messages from 47 years of ministry, do you? No. And I don't want to give them to you either. I'd rather say, God, what is it that you have for Karcher Church? You see, we have our own identity and God has a plan for us. And part of my job is to say, okay, God, what do you want to say to your people? What is it that you would have to say to us? And as I prayed about that and thought about it um, consistently, um, it seems as though the Lord has led me to an Old Testament chapter where I want to spend two or three, maybe four weeks. We'll see where it goes. We'll just continue to trust the Lord. And think through one of the greatest chapters in all of the Bible. It's, it's a Psalm of David. It's, it's the 23rd Psalm. Psalms 23. You know, it's kind of interesting. It doesn't matter whether you're an evangelical Christian, if you're a, a Jew, or, or, or uh, if you're a Catholic. You, you probably at some time come across this psalm, and perhaps you've memorized it. If you've been in the, the kingdom very long, you have certainly read it many times. You've heard it. In season and out of season, you, you, you've heard it at funerals and maybe even weddings, and it's been all around us. We sing this song. We, we know this chapter, uh, this Psalm of David. I think it's, it truly is a psalm for all seasons. And as we wrap up one year and enter a new one, it just seems like this is some pretty good real estate maybe to invest our time in the next few weeks. So I'm going to be praying with you and I'm going to be asking God, what is it you have to say to the people? Because the reality is, I give you my small morsels. That's all I can do. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember, He works through us. He will be the one that speaks and He will interpret to you what you need, both as a church corporately and individually. So he will say to you something different than he says to you and something to you different than them because the Holy Spirit knows your need. And so this morning we ask that God will, will speak his truth into our lives. Now in, in a few moments we're going to read um, this psalm together. I'm going to ask you to, to say it with me. Here's the problem. I think that we are often prone to forget that the, the people in the Bible are people just like us. They, they put their pants on just like we do. They have uh, human emotions. They have great successes. They, they have failures. They have times of frustration and fear and bewilderment. And, and they have to learn lessons over and over. They're, they're people just like we are. So when we come to this guy that we call David... Um, David, he was a boy just like any boy in, in his day. He was one of eight boys. He's had seven brothers. He came from the house of Jesse. And he grew up um, 
in the father's business, uh, watching over his dad's sheep, his flock of sheep. It's a very important job, you know. They depended on sheep for many things in their day. So this was not just a secondary job. This was a very important job. He, he had to watch the sheep every day in this hot, dry, arid desert, mountainous, rocky, barren-laden, dangerous land with cliffs and crevasses, or maybe you say crevices, I don't know rocky land and filled with wild animals that he had to defend with his life sometimes. He was to protect them, to care for them, to feed them. And even if he had to give his life for the sheep. So, so that was David. He was just a boy. Only a boy named David we sing. We learn a little bit about his, his story, how it begins in, in, in the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel. In fact, if you have your Bible, before we read the word together, you might just want to look at this. In 1 Samuel 17, here's young David, this shepherd boy. He, he meets King Saul. King Saul was unaware that in chapter 16, that the prophet Samuel had anointed David. God had told the prophet, go to the house of Jesse, and I want you to find this guy. And he went through all seven sons, and finally he came to the last one, David. And God said, that's the one, anoint him. And King Saul is unaware of this, that this man, David, has been anointed. God had withdrawn his hand of anointing over King Saul because of his raw disobedience. Saul's days now were numbered as king. And it seems as though, chapter 17, King Saul has his back against the wall because his, his army is facing a, a menaces, another group of people called the Philistines, and they had a giant of a man by the name of Goliath. And Goliath had been challenging all of the Israelites to a battle, man-on-man, hand-to-hand combat, winner-takes-all kind of a deal for days. And, and David's father had sent him to the battlefield to bring food for his, his brothers, his three brothers that were there as part of the, the Israelite army. And he finds out that this moron by the name of Goliath has been challenging God's people. And he says, who is this guy? Doesn't he know this is God's people, the Israelites? But there was not one man, not one warrior, who would accept the challenge or had the courage to fight the giant Goliath until David came, only a boy named David. And David said, hey, I'll, I'll take him on. And King Saul said, well, wait, wait a minute, you can, you're just a boy. No, no, you don't understand. I, I've been protecting my father's sheep. I've killed bears and lions. I know what I'm doing. And so he said, okay, what have we got to lose? So David goes out, and you know the story. He wins the battle, kills the giant, cuts his head off, takes it back to celebrate. You know the story. In fact, when I was a kid, we used to sing the story. Did you ever sing the story when you were a kid? I, I don't know the jingle, how it goes, really. I, um, I, it's been too long for me. Uh, my memory sometimes lapses. But something like, uh, only a boy named David. 
only a babbling brook, only a boy named David, and five little stones he took. We sang this story as kids in church. And I remember as a boy, I really remember this. Um, when we got to the stone thing, now that was, that was show and tell time with the boys. You get up, you see how, how far you can sling that sucker. You're hitting your friends in the shoulders and just having a grand time until your teacher makes you sit back down, right? We, we know the story. We sing the song. It seems as though that as David's popularity grew, so did the jealousy of King Saul. The women, what is it about young, good-looking men who win all the battles, get all the women? The girls, huh? They would flock from the region, the scripture says, and they, they began to sing this little song about, about David. It's a little jingle. I don't know if it was country western or rap or how it came out, but you know, what, what, what it was was Saul has killed his thousands, but David his tens of thousands. And so, as David's popularity grew, so did Saul's jealousy. So much so that Saul put out an order to have David killed. And what did David do? Well, he did probably what would do. He fled for the hills. And where did he go? He went back to that which was familiar. He went back to the wilderness, to the desert. He knew the wilderness. It was in the wilderness um, that David found the answers to his life's greatest questions. It was in the desert. In fact, it was in a cave. Have you ever been in the wilderness? Some might call it the dark night of the soul. Seemed like there was little hope. You couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. You were frustrated, maybe fearful, maybe running. That's where David is. He's in the desert. And it just seems to me that sometimes life is like that. We find the answers to life's greatest questions when we're in the wilderness or in the desert. That's what happened to David. It's, it's, it's often in the midst of uncertainty. When we don't know what the future holds. Under pressure, maybe. Perhaps fear. We're going through the fire. Isn't that when so many times God most often speaks the clearest? We hear his voice the best. We might feel his presence the closest. So David, here's this man who, by the way, is the man after God's own heart. He learns these lessons to be true. And what does he do? Well, he he writes some some thoughts, some words, some reflections, some of what he's learning in the wilderness. They're words of encouragement for us. 
Psalm 23. In the dark night of the soul for him, he starts out, the Lord, <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Wow. Now that's as far as we're going to get today. We're going to talk about that phrase. But what do you say we, we read the word of the Lord together in unison, corporately, audibly, loud? Chris is going to put it on the screen for us. Thank you, my brother, Chris. I'm going to come down here with the church. And uh, would you stand with me in honor of the word of God if you can? This is his word. It's not my word. It's not our word. It's the Lord's word. And we speak it now back to him. Lord, this is your word. Bless, O oh God, the reading of your word. Read with me and read loudly. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Lord Jesus, thank you for this word, O oh God, Holy Spirit. You have anointed this word. You've blessed it already. Now hide the messenger behind the cross that we would see Jesus and Jesus only this morning. Lord, reach into our lives. Make a difference where we live. Impact us with your word. And Lord, we will give you all praise and all glory in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. You may be seated. So now we know a little bit about the beginning of David's story. Um, we know his story was not without tough times. How about your story? You got any tough times in your story? Sure, we all do. Seems to be kind of what life is made of. But it's his tough times. Um, they didn't end with this chapter. In fact, they've been going on for a while. And, and he's fighting a battle. Um... His tough times didn't end quickly. They continued on. He had to face some battles, some of them self-imposed. Have you ever noticed that sometimes the battles you, you fight, you caused them? I mean, I just, I just think um, of my own life and some of the challenges I've had and the things I've had to face. my fault. Sometimes I get in my own way. Now, now some of you are saying, Pastor, you're meddling. No, I'm not. I'm talking about me. I'm sure none of you out here has this problem. I'm just telling you that there are times when I'm my biggest problem. 
And I think that's the way it was with David. I, I mean, you go to Second Samuel, you follow his life down the road a little bit, you, you go to Second Samuel chapter 11 and it, his life falls apart. I mean, it's a modern day movie. There's deceitfulness, intrigue. There's callousness, there's envy. There's, um, what do you call it when you want what somebody else has? Covetousness. Just want to see if you're listening. There's, there's adultery, there's murder. And this is the guy after the Lord's own heart. He goes off the deep end. It's bad. Here's a man who had everything that a man could ever want, but it wasn't enough. So he paid for it the rest of his life. There are consequences to his behavior. I mean, just, just kind of follow through the chapters. Chapter 12, chapter 13, chapter 14. It doesn't get a whole lot better. I mean, even his son Absalom, his son who he loved dearly, his son stole his throne, threatened him, chased him, wanted to kill him, his own son. So what does he do? He takes off again, and where does he go? Out to the wilderness, and he finds a cave, and again he's in the dark night of the soul. You know, in chapter 12, God sends a prophet by the name of Nathan. And Nathan says, David, you know, um, I want to tell you a story. Uh, the Lord has sent me here to tell you this. David, there was a rich man who had a lot of sheep. And then there was a poor man who only had one little baby you. One little baby lamb is all he had. He was a poor man. And the rich man, he went over to the poorest man, poor man's house and he stole his one and only ewe. It made David so angry. David said, that man surely shall die. And Nathan, I think, probably took a deep breath. Probably pointed his finger at David and said, David, you that man. You the man. It just seems to me like David had a lot of problems and a lot of the problems he had, he created himself. And now he's running for his life. He goes to the wilderness, the desert, and now God begins to have a talk with him, one-on-one, -on -one, God to man. And David begins to remember. Um, he has no choice now. He's been so busy being king. God's got him just where he wants him. Do you realize sometimes it's like that with us? When we eat, reach the end of our rope, that's where God can do his best business with us. We have no more answers. We can't run any farther. We're too tired. We don't know what to do. Now God wants to go to work. Sometimes he'll bring a miracle into our life. And that's where David is. He's caught between a rock and a hard place. His son is after him. And he starts to write these reflections. 
and he, he goes back into his childhood and he remembers the sheep on the hill and man this thing Nathan told him resonates with him because he was a shepherd boy he knows all about the importance of protecting the sheep caring for the sheep feeding the sheep so he understands this and he starts to think about who God is in his life and the first reflection he writes are these words the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want well what is that I'll tell you what it is it's a declaration. It's a declaration of faith. It's a proclamation of God's grace. Look how I failed, God. But he can still say, Oh, God, you are my shepherd. I shall not want. You know, by the way, all my life I've heard people talk about the Old Testament being the, the book of law and the New Testament being the book of grace. Uh-uh. The same God that wrote the new wrote the old. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I, I'll guarantee you, you'll find more grace in the Old Testament than you can shake a stick at. You just got to look for it. So here's David. No, he's a failure. His own son's going to kill him. He's failed as a father. He's, he's failed as a grandfather. He's failed as a king. And yet God gives him the grace to say, Oh God, you are my shepherd. I shall not want. If you don't think this is a confirmation of belief of God's relationship with man, his affirmation of grace. then You know, I think what David was actually saying was, Because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I, I shall not want. It's because he's my shepherd. One translation is, I lack for nothing. Because God is my shepherd, I lack for nothing. By the way, when we quoted it this morning, I so wanted to do it in the Old Testament. I mean, in the, in the King James. I'm a King James guy, you know. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Yeah. Another translation says, He satisfies all my needs. Really? What are your needs today? I mean, can you list your top three needs? Go ahead, just, I mean, just in your mind, what are your... David is saying, Lord, because you are my shepherd, you satisfy all of my needs. That's pretty good stuff right there. And I think that's the place to which God wants to bring us. He wants to bring us to a place where all we need is Him. That's it. Where we can say with David, the Lord is my shepherd. He's enough. He's really all I need. You know, when I was in college, um, 
I think I've already confessed this to you, but I graduated from Point Loma Nazarene College. Started at Pasadena College. Um, I was a part of the male corral, about 50 guys. And on the breaks, we would hop on a bus, all 50 of us. Boy, that... All right, I'm talking 50 guys. We would travel in our region, and we would sing in churches like this. After the concert, we would come into a, usually a, a, some kind of a big uh, fellowship hall, and they would feed us food, and man, we'd wipe it out. You cannot, you cannot bring enough food for a busload of college boys. We would eat everything. And then the guys would begin to sing. They'd sing these wonderful songs, and the songs would bounce off of the walls of those gymnasiums. And I still remember the tears coming down the cheeks of my, my fellow brothers as we sang the great truths of the Lord. And one of the songs we used to sing, it's a little chorus. We haven't sung it that I know of for years, but it used to go like this. He's all I need. He's all I need. Jesus is all I need. And then you repeat it. He's all I need. He's all I need. Jesus is all I need. And man, put the harmony to that and it bounce off the walls. I think that's what David was saying. God is enough. He's all I need. And I really believe God wants to bring us to the same place he brings David. And it doesn't matter who you are. I, I've met some folks here this morning. Some of them are old and they're single. They're all alone. This is your song. I've met some college students that are in school. Getting their education. This, this is your song. I've met some widows and widowers. I've yet some, met some young men and women who are looking for a spouse. Now I'm really meddling, aren't I? <laughs> and God wants to bring us all to the place where we can sing together. God, you're my shepherd. <laughs> you hear? You're really all I need. Ooh. Is this getting through to you like it has me? Now, let me kind of wrap it up this way. It, it, it almost seems to me as though that David, he boils this down to two options. You have two options. One is, in the, if the Lord is my shepherd, then I shall not want. He's all I need. But on the other hand, if I am in want, then it's obvious. Maybe the Lord's not my shepherd. Now, that might seem a little harsh. I, I don't know. When I, when I wrote that, and I, and I thought, God, I don't want to be a harsh guy. That's, I never want to beat the sheep. Oh, church, God help us. When the pastor feels like he needs to beat the sheep, that's not my job. But let me say it again. David, he kind of makes it simple, I think. It comes down to this if I'm in constant stress over the future and I live in despair and I'm worried about tomorrow or the past or, and I'm hopeless. Maybe, maybe 
God wants to bring you to the desert where he can have a talk with you, help you see the reality is when everything is said and done, he, he will satisfy all your needs. You need not worry or fear. And you can see how David, I mean, he's drawing on what he's learned as a shepherd, the sheep and the pastures and the, the beautiful meadows and the green, the green and the crevices and all the stuff. He, it's just flooding his life as he's drawing on this. It's not an analogy for him. It's real life stuff. And he begins to remember, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The sheep know the shepherd's voice. The shepherd, he loves the sheep. He protects the sheep. He values the sheep. He cares for the sheep. He feeds the sheep. If necessary, he lays down his life for the sheep. But the the reality is, if anything or anybody other than Jesus is our shepherd, we will not be satisfied. The world will leave us empty and dry and hungry and hopeless. All that it has to offer is not enough. But our God, the one we sang about a few moments ago, He's enough. He's able to supply all your needs according to His vast riches and glory. That's what the scripture says. So I think about what what shepherds me? What is it that would shepherd me? I'm, I'm a retired... Did I tell you I was retired? I was supposed to be retired. I woke up this morning and here I was. <sighs> Lord, what is shepherding me? You know I, know, I think I know some people, their vocation is their shepherd. Some people, I, I think... Their education is shepherding them. Some are chasing fame and fortune. That's their shepherd. I guess there's a lot of things that could be our shepherd. It could be another person, by the way. If anything shepherds us other than Jesus, you're going to be right where David is in the wilderness seeking and searching until you have a one-to-one talk with God and you can go oh yeah yeah that's you're right David the Lord is my shepherd I lack for nothing hallelujah (laughs) hallelujah that that is reality that's the truth Whoa. So a personal note, and then we're through. Did you notice how David, this is not some kind of a corporate prayer or psalm. This is personal to him. So let me change the emphasis on the other syllable, okay? The Lord is my shepherd. You see, the reality is... um, No one can make God be your shepherd. God himself. He will never kick down the door 
He wants an invitation. David had run so far, he couldn't run any, any farther. And he finds himself in a dark place in a cave. And he's going, okay, man, I've messed it up pretty bad. Is there hope for me? Is God, is he even around? Is he a God of second chances? And as he, as he reminisces, he, he comes to the conclusion. He remembers his anointing. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, Lord, I kind of got sidetracked. You're my shepherd, God. You're my shepherd. You know, your, your, your mom or dad can't make God be your shepherd. Your spouse can't make God be your shepherd. Your best friend can't make God be your shepherd. No one can make God be your shepherd, but you can allow him to be your shepherd. And you can say, as David says at the end of this morning, what the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Only you can do that. Only you can pray that. It's up to you. The, the, it's on your back. You walk out of here either saying the Lord is my shepherd or he's somebody else's. But God wants you to say, hey, come on. Remember Emmanuel? God with us? I sent my son for a reason so I could be your shepherd. And by the way, that's why we call him the great shepherd of the sheep. And I think it's finally, it's though David finally discovered after all his sin, his selfishness, his self-indulgence, his self-centeredness, he realized the Lord of the universe, the God of creation. Remember the song we used to sing, How Big Is God? How Big Is God? We sing about how big he can create this mighty universe. Yet small enough to live within my heart. David discovered that. I can put my trust in him. There's good news for us. After 2020, at the beginning of 2021, the Lord wants to be your shepherd. He's not an absentee God. He knows you by name. He's counted the, the hairs on your head. And he has you to hear a message. Okay, I probably ought to say this since I said it in first service. It's not on my notes. I am guilty of never preaching the same sermon twice. That's my problem. You know, we just came through this uh, whole pandemic thing. And, and, and I hesitate to even say it because I don't want to get in trouble. I don't even like to talk about it anymore. You know what I'm talking about? I'm tired of it. But it seems like it's, it's, there's so many different opinions and then it's separated us. You're on one side or the other. Some of it's political. Um, but I've discovered a lot of people have been living like in fear. Even my own brothers and sisters, we, we have a different conclusion to how we approach this. Now, I want to be safe. I want to be careful. I wash my hands. I try to mitigate. I wear my mask. Even around you, I wear my mask on the second service. Because I want to be careful. I don't want to give you anything. Not that I think I have anything, but I probably have more than I think I do. I don't know. I'm just saying. But here's, 
Here's how I apply this for my life today. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack for nothing. I refuse to live in fear. Don't go political on me. This is not political. This is biblical. This is spiritual. It's where I live. I'm not going to live in fear. I'm going to try to be wise, smart, cautious, follow the whatever. But I'm going to remember this. God's not given me a spirit of fear. But he's given me a, a spirit of, what is it? Huh? Power and love and sound mind. He's not giving me fear. If, if I have fear, it's coming from someplace else. It's not coming from God. And I'll tell you why. Because the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Wow. Lord, this is for somebody here today. Now, I don't know. They gave me 30 minutes, and I don't know how much time I took, but uh, I've never been one with much watch the clock. I've done my best. I really have. I think I've done pretty good. I've stayed within my 30 minutes most Sundays. I have a feeling like I've gone over time today. But here's how I'd like to end. We're going to get out of here and we're going to madly rush to somewhere. Let's not madly rush worship. I want to pray for you. That's how I want to end. I want to pray for you. And it could be God's word has spoken to your heart like he has mine. And you just need someone to pray for you. So that's how I want to end. I want to pray for you. For better or for worse, I'm your interim pastor. And I get to pray for you. It's my joy. So in a moment, I'm going to ask those of you who would like special prayer to stand. You're in the desert. And you've heard the voice of God today through his word. His Holy Spirit has spoken to you. And you need help, like David. And you're ready to say, Lord, you're all I need. Would you, would you just come into my life in such a way I trust you for everything? And I'll guarantee you, he is faithful. He is faithful. He will do the work that only he can do in your life. And I'll guarantee you also, when you walk out of here, you walk out of here a different person, a new person, because that's what God does. So you might be old, you might be young, you might be single, you might be married, you might be a college-age person, you might, who knows who you are, but God knows. And I'm ready to pray for you. Are you ready? So this morning, if you need special prayer, would you just stand with me? Stand wherever you are. Don't stand because someone else is. You stand because you want me to pray for you, over you. Are you ready? So, Lord, here we are. We give you ourselves. We're so grateful, God, that you always give us a lending ear. You are never far away. You're as close as our quickest prayer. Lord, save me. And today, Lord, you know every single heart that is in this place. 
I don't know, I'm being checked. Would, keep your eyes closed, would you, and your heads bowed. Just give us a private moment. It seems to me like there's some others that need to stand here. I'm just telling you, I'm discerning. Someone else needs to stand. Some need to stand and say, God, you're afraid to stand. You don't want to be seen. Listen, this is between you and God, nobody else. Do you have courage to stand so I can pray over you? Just go ahead. I don't even have my eyes open. They're closed. I won't know who you are. Now, Lord, I'm ready to pray again. Thank you, Father, that you are faithful to your word. Thank you, God, that you have agreed. You have invited us into this relationship of being a shepherd over your sheep. You care for us. You love us. You want to guide us and guard us and protect us. You want to give us strength and encourage us. You want to feed us so our souls are satisfied. So, Lord, you know every single person here, and especially those who are standing. Speak into our lives today, Lord. Speak into every single person who is standing and say, God, I need you today to be my shepherd. I shall not want. And, Lord, because it's you we're speaking to, we know that you are able and that you are willing. And right now, in Jesus' name, do your work, O Holy Spirit, that only you can do in our lives. Send us out of this place as new people who have been challenged, re, re, uh, uh, regenerated, made new, cleansed, made whole, empowered. God, whatever it is you need to do, given strength, encouragement, you do it all, Lord. In Jesus' name, it shall be done. Amen and amen. And amen. Wasn't that great? Hey, if you listened to Pastor Moore and you found that you were maybe in your heart or in your head or right there in your living room, that you were standing, we want to come alongside and help you in this pursuit of a relationship with God. How do you contact us? Well, through our webpage, karcher.church. And if you go to karcher.church, you can see that there is a contact information for each of our pastors. There's one for Pastor Sarah and one for myself, Pastor Wink. And if you would like to contact us, we would be happy to return the message. I am grateful for the message today. It reminded me of how many times I've relied on that Psalm, Psalm 23. I'd like to close this podcast with prayer. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunities that we have to worship you. Here we are in a podcast online, probably talking with uh, somebody miles and miles and miles away. Yet your Holy Spirit reaches out. Your Holy Spirit extends to every single person. And I'm so grateful for that. Lord, I just pray that we accept what you have to offer, that you offer this incredible, incredible gift of grace. And Lord, I pray that if somebody is listening to this and they have not yet right now said, I need that grace, Lord, put it upon their heart to ask and then to contact us so we can help. Thank you for this message. We pray all of this in your name. Amen. Amen, Karcher.